Welcome to Headroom, where we discuss all things essential to mental health and well-being. I'm your host, Jim Owens, a licensed professional counselor at Lansing Community College. Before we begin, I'd like to emphasize that this podcast does not constitute psychotherapy. It does, however, introduce you to some phenomenal people who have incredible ideas for you and your life. Having said that, let's get into the headroom and begin today's conversation with DeMarcus Battle, advisor at Lansing Community College. Hey, DeMarcus, how are you? I'm doing pretty good, Jim. Excited to be here. Thanks for coming on the show, dude. Absolutely. I know you definitely have given some thought to mental health and wellness and well-being, and so I'm glad you're on the show because I'm sure you have some ideas to share with people. But before we get into that, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do here, maybe a little about your background and so on. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, you know, I've been uh, serving in higher education for about 15 years uh, in a number of different capacities. You know, started off, I love to say this when I'm speaking to students as a Mm. work study student. So, you know, students will familiarize themselves with that and my presentations that I normally do. Mm -hmm. Uh, But from there, moved on into more of a professional role within higher ed, Mm. eventually got into financial aid and being an advisor. Mm -hmm. And so love serving students from that perspective. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of like the professional side of things. But, you know, really fell in love with higher ed. Uh, It's been a big part of my journey over the years. And so that's what I'm currently doing. But, you know, when I say who I am or what I do, I think what best describes it Mm -hmm. is I'm a servant leader. Mm-hmm. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's really the nuts, nuts and bolts of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, helping people to grow, mm-hmm. develop, achieve success. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's a little bit about me. That's really what you've been working on professionally for quite a long not- yeah. time now. Yeah. Yeah. And different domains in life. Higher. It isn't the only place I, I know that you do that. But yeah. Yeah, that's cool. So you've had quite an interesting higher ed journey, too. I mean, maybe you could share a little bit about that. And at some point, yeah. I want to ask you, where were the stumbling blocks in here and how did you get through them? But I think a lot of people look at folks who achieve a lot like you have. Yeah. And they think, well, it must have been easy for him. He just (laughs) probably was ready for college and went through college straight through and was not too circuitous. It was a straight line. But I know your story. It wasn't a straight arrow. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I really have to take it all the way back to high school. Go for it. Right. So, you know, I was an athlete. Yeah. You know, I played football, played basketball, you know, all the sports track field. And uh, but football was my passion. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, growing up, the goal was to eventually make it to college Mm -hmm. and play football. And so, you know, I did that. Right. I I made it to college. I played football. um, And when I got there, you know, there were some ups, there were Mm -hmm. some downs Mm -hmm. and that's that's life. Right. And so um, going through those adversities really kind of exposed me to so many different things and really helped me to lean into another part of my life, Mm -hmm. uh, which was my faith. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that kind of served as a foundational, you know, uh, place for me is to kind of build upon that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and, you know, help me to get through some of those adversities. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, eventually ended up shifting away from, you know, doing football. Mm -hmm. And at that point I'm like, okay, what am I going to do now? Yeah. Because football was such a large part of what I would term a part of my identity. Yeah. Right. And so now I needed to tap into some other facets of my life to really propel and go to the next place, yeah. right? What am I going to do now? Yeah. Uh, and so kind of figured that out, stumbled quite a bit yeah. trying to navigate through it, uh, but eventually end up leaning into not only my faith, but some other areas of passion that I had, which mm. was business. Yeah. Right. In high school, I wanted to be, this was, this was my tagline. I'm going to be a CEO of a fortune 500 company, Period. right? Yeah. Period. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I yeah. leaned upon. So I started doing some things in that business. Yeah. marketing sales uh, from some experiences that I had. Uh, But eventually I really leaned into people. Yeah. Right. You know, Mm. I felt that there was a sense of purpose in serving people. Yeah. And so from that, I kind of, you know, stumbled into the higher ed field. Yeah. Right. Um, From a professional standpoint. And then, of course, my faith being really key for me. Yeah. Leaning into serving in that arena as well. Serving people from that from that lens. That's an interesting switch, right? Because I think young people, they think I want to be successful. And sometimes that's measured by the Fortune 500 thing. It's dollar signs. It's sometimes status, um, something that your parents can brag about at the cocktail parties or whatever. My son is da-da-da, my yeah. daughter is da-da-da. Um, but you said, I don't want to serve the dollar. I want to serve people. Yeah. I want to help people yeah. go through this transition. That's obviously what you're still doing now here and in your church and so on and so forth. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So 
what was something that almost stopped you from, I'm just picturing like you go off to college to play football. Your family must've just been like, wow, this is it. Yeah. You got a star here. That's right. <laughs> right. I'm telling you like, and you eventually were like, the star isn't shining right now. It's coming into yeah. a different place. How did you manage that with, you know, relationships? Cause I imagine a lot of our students feel the pressure from their families. Yeah. Expectation of people. Yeah. Right. From people on our lives yeah. can cripple us. Mm. Right. And I, and I almost fell into that same trap. Yeah. What do I do now that the expectation was that I was going to play football yeah. and make my family proud, make my community proud. Mm -hmm. And when I felt a pull in a different direction, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't want to go back and tell all those people that supported me totally. all throughout the years that I was no longer going to do that. And I was going to shift to something else. Yeah. Right. And so that fear really, you know, it was huge. It was a huge barrier, yeah. but you know, eventually I got over it. I got you know, through it uh, with the help of, you know, some people that were close to me to help navigate. And, and, and here's the thing, you know, oftentimes we think that the the response from those who are in our support network mm -hmm. is, is going to be negative. Mm -hmm. There might be some blowback or some pushback initially, mm -hmm. but those that support you, they want to see you be successful mm. and they want to support you no matter what it is. Right. Yeah, yeah. They just want to see you achieve your goals and, and to push forward. So eventually that support network who I was afraid was going to criticize me and ostracize me. Yeah. They ended up supporting me and yeah. helping me to get through. Wow. And so, you know, I, I think that that um, was huge that, you know, no matter your life adversity, yeah. you can get through that. You can get over that. Yeah. And that's the experience that I had. And I see that with so many people. And I, and I relay that to students mm -hmm. that I work with, mm -hmm. those that I work with in, you know, a faith context outside of here yeah, yeah. that you can overcome. You just got to keep pushing through. Man, I would say it probably had to drum up a lot of vulnerability and courage to do that, to make that call home oh, yeah. or to like, I'm going to go in a different direction. Not only did the people that we're probably counting on you at university and the team, but at home and all that stuff to yeah. call on some courage to be like, I'm going to go in a different direction. It kind of like your breath. I would be like holding my breath as I say this. I'm kind of holding oh, my breath. Yeah. Like we'll see what people are going <laughs> to say. But in the end they came through for you yeah. and they wanted you to be successful. Yeah. Well, and you have to start with you. Yeah. Right. You have to make that decision for you, yeah. not for anyone else, but for yourself wow. and believe in yourself. Yeah. Right. And, I settled within that, that mm -hmm. I had a belief on where I was going once I kind of put a plan together. Now yeah. you, you got to have a plan, right? Yeah. You got to have a direction. But yeah. once you feel confident in that direction, yeah. then you can move full steam ahead. Yeah. And eventually they'll see, you know what? It looks like he's going somewhere. Yeah. We're going to support that. Well, yeah, I can relate a little bit in my own story when I first went to college to be an architect and then I discovered, oh, I think I want to be a counselor. But I remember thinking like, I don't know if I can do that. Yeah. I don't know if my family is going to support this, but also that's a lot of college. I don't know if I'm smart <laughs> enough to do it. <laughs> you yeah. know, I was like, and I don't know if I can afford it. Like, yeah, but I, so the plan came together after the purpose. I had found the purpose mm -hmm. and I think maybe that's what you're describing. Like you yeah. knew you had to go in a different direction and you were like, I'm going to figure out a way to do this, which I figured it out. You figured it out. Yeah. It, if you would have stopped us at a certain point in time and asked us, do you have it figured out? We would have both said, yeah. Not yet. I don't have figured out right yet, but I'm working on it. Yeah. No, you, you, you make some good points there, Jim. And, and here's the thing, there are breadcrumbs along the way mm -hmm. that will let you know what you're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm. I thought football was my purpose. Mm. It wasn't football. It was people. Mm. Right. Any sport that I did in my youth, I was a leader. Yeah. I served. Right. I led. And I had a way with people. Yeah. Right. So I thought, you know what? I'm I'm called to, to be a football player. No, I'm called to be a leader. Got it. Right. And so, you know, once I figured out, you know, this is shift and a paradigm shift and thought yeah. on truly what my purpose is. It's not what I do is who I am. Right. Right. So once I started figuring some of that out, then I'm like, OK, now I can move into yeah. what I feel is my, my true purpose and calling. Yeah, I think like even now sitting at the table, you haven't described yourself as with other titles that you could have, which I know you have. Sure. And, and which I won't share. You can share them if you want. But yeah. like you've identified yourself as a servant leader, not as you've said, advisor. And I know you have other roles that you play in yeah. higher ed. And you're just like, that doesn't really define me. It's who I am and how I'm doing what I'm doing in these different domains. Yeah. That's what defines me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, because titles can... Um, can kind of put us in a box. Right. Right. So I am an advisor. Yeah. I am a professor. Right. right? right. I am a faith leader, a pastor, whatever yes. it might be. Yeah. Right. But you know what? What am I trying to help people do? Yeah. I'm trying to help them grow. I'm yeah. trying to help them develop and achieve success. Yeah. I'm serving them. Yeah. You know, serving students here. I'm serving my family. Yeah. You know, serving my children, That's serving right. my wife, you know. That's right. So, yeah. 
You're bringing home some bacon. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but you know what? Being in this community where we, where we both work, mm-hmm. we are uh, around people who are interested in growing and becoming educated and yeah. learning. And it's, it's not even just the students. It's our colleagues. We're all so many of us lifelong learners. Yeah. We're just excited to keep learning from each other, from our students and so on. And I know. Oh, yeah. So every year my wife is married to a different man. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not the same guy every year. No. Hopefully I'm getting better. And I mm-hmm. think I think mm-hmm. so. But she she doesn't want to be married to that guy she married 18 years ago. I can tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> not today. <laughs> he, he, was, he was okay back then. Yeah. But he wouldn't cut it today, I don't think. I don't know. No, different place now. <laughs> we're in a right? different place. So. Mm-hmm. so talk to us about growth then. I mean, yeah. if we're talking about change and growth and... Obviously, I'm most interested in mental health, but everything is connected. So mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on what do, what do you think students need to hear to, to be able to kind of understand how to approach wellness, mental wellness, emotional wellness? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I was thinking about this, um, you know, coming into the interview and, you know, practicing positivity, mm. I think is huge. Yeah. Right. You have to practice it. There's so much negativity in yeah. our world. Yeah. Right. No matter where you go. Um, and you know, practicing positivity, you might not master it, but, you know, practicing it will, you know, give you the skills that you need to, when you're facing adversity, Mm -hmm. the first thing that you do, do you complain? Do you shell up? Do you, do you, you know, or do you look at, uh, the lemonade with the lemons? (laughs) We'll put it that way, right? right? right. What can I squeeze out of this? And I've been trying to be a little bit more, positive, Mm. uh, when I'm faced with difficulty and that's speaking well, Mm -hmm. that's thinking well. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that's an aspect of, of wellness that I think is important Mm. is creating the environment that you can thrive in. Mm -hmm. And and I think part of that is positivity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not playing this game that these aren't lemons. They are lemons. We Mm -hmm. get lemons in life, Yep. but you're like, that's fine. It's it's going to hurt. Honestly, if you bite into a lemon, for yeah. most people, that's not a pleasurable thing. Yeah. But you're like, what am I going to get out of this? Yeah. I'm, I'm already involved in this. What can I squeeze out of it that's going to be useful, bring something out of it? Yeah. Yeah. Because everything, everything is, is, is useful yeah. in a way. You know, uh, the experiences that we go through, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, the, the adversities that we go through, right? Yeah. Um, if I had not gone through the journey of becoming mm. a football player in college, yeah. um, I would have missed out on so much uh, that I needed in order to grow, to develop, to mm. learn, mm. to become a better person, right? And now I can share those experiences mm-hmm. with those that I'm serving, whether in higher ed, whether in the faith context, yeah. whatever I'm doing, right? Um, so those those lemons are useful. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the, I mean, I don't want to say what's the trick here, but how, mm-hmm. I guess I'm really curious about how did you decide that that was the place you needed to put some focus? Like I need to become a little more positive. I need to look for the positive. Did you just notice that you were complaining and kind of looking at the negative a little bit more? Or how did you come to that? You know, it, it, I came to it from a, from a place of this is overwhelming me mm. to where all I'm seeing is negative, right? I'm not even taking time to you know, enjoy, uh, the things that I do have. Right. You know, they say an attitude of gratitude, you know, like, and so by doing that, it's, it's a mindset. It's a, it's a shift in mindset, Mm -hmm. right. Where I'm starting to see, you know what, although I face some adversities here, Mm -hmm. here's what I also received through this process. Right. And so, you know, I, I think through experience, I think through mentorship from others, yeah. right, who have said, hey, you got to look at the bright side, you know, oh, yeah. is it a half uh, glass, uh, half glass full or empty, mm-hmm, right? right. Uh, that sort of thing. And so, you know, just really trying to train myself and, and practice that that concept, I think, has, has really helped me, mm-hmm. um, you know, throughout the years. Yeah, I'm, I'm also aware that, like, some people say, I don't want to complain and they just try to force themselves into this positivity mindset. And it's like, okay, well you have to kind of in my field, we kind of define the problem and then we go about treating it. Sure. (laughs) We need to actually acknowledge that there's a problem in the room. Absolutely. And that is not being negative. That is not complaining. I have some people come into a session with me and they'll talk about the problems and they're like, but I'm just complaining. And I'm like, if we stop at talking about the negativity of all of this, then yeah, it was just a complaining session. But if we start talking about solutions and or what in it we can be grateful for, yeah. which is hard to find in the middle of a storm. Oh, yeah. In the middle of looking back on a storm, you're like, oh, that cleared out some brush. I got now new, <laughs> some new land I can plant something in. Like, uh-huh. it's OK after you survived it, you know. Yeah. But in the middle of the storm can be tricky, but it's OK to acknowledge the negativity that's on. Yeah. Let me give you an example. You know, we had a, a storm here in mid-Michigan a month or so ago. Yeah. And it really, it wiped out a lot for a lot of people. Yeah. It was it was a disaster, right? And, but what did I get out of that? 
Mm. I got to play, you know, flashlight with the kids. Mm. Mm. Right. We, we, we got to put our cell phones down because the internet wasn't working. Yeah. Right. We got to spend some time together. And so there's a memory that's now been created through a storm. Yeah. You know, we, we rarely sit to to think about those sorts of things. Right. And so it's perspective. Yeah, man. I think about those sort of things. It's, it's, it's powerful. That's interesting. It's interesting you bring that up because we lost power on campus here about a week ago. Yeah, remember? we did. And I was in session with a client. Oh, wow. And the power went, and I'm at the end of this hallway. There's no emergency lights coming out. It's dark in there. I just mm-hmm. turned the flashlight on on my phone and flipped it up. So it gave us kind of some ambient light. Yeah. And it immediately felt like there was a little campfire in the office. Wow. You know, and I was like, this is how people used to do this thousands of years ago. They Absolutely. sat around the campfire at night. There mm-hmm. was no TV, no internet. And they told each other their stories and their lives and made music and song. And this, yeah. um, and it just took me back. Like, this is good for us. It's good for us to sit down face to face, just like you and I are doing it right now. Yeah. This is good for human beings to put the screens down and spend some mm-hmm. face time with each other. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, that, that speaks to another, and you might even ask this question, but if you're thinking about wellness, yeah. you know, it's okay to relax. It's okay to unplug. <laughs> Says the guy with how many diplomas? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's okay to do that from time to time. You know, I, I love to barbecue. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I'll sit and fire up the barrel, fire up the yeah. grill. Yeah. And, you know, just smoke some ribs or pork yeah. loin, whatever I'm doing. Yeah. And just sit there and listen to what's happening around me. Just, and yeah. the sun's just, you know, shining yeah. on me. Yeah. And that's my, that's my happy place, right? Yeah. That's the place where I can just detach. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's important for people, what, whatever it is, whether yeah. it's knitting, yep. whether it's putting together a thousand piece puzzle, mm-hmm. whatever that thing is, you got to have some of that. Mm-hmm. You got to unplug. Hmm. I almost, yeah, I think of like calling this the art of doing nothing, Yeah. which I'm, po- I'm poking fun at you because I'm not much different. Like we're <laughs> both pretty determined people to get things done. And we, yeah. we, we, we're all about getting things done for other people, but we're busy. And yeah. it's good to hear you say that because I need to hear this from my colleagues and my oh, peers. And, like, and you know me, so <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm always in a, you know, I often wonder like this desire to achieve, mm-hmm. wanting to do well, wanting to go to the next thing. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we want to go to the next thing too quickly. Yeah. Take time to enjoy the moment, yeah. right? Right. And we see this, you know, I, I have kids and they're growing. Yeah. And, you know, am I taking time to enjoy? Yeah. It, you know, it, it, there's a concept that, that we teach being in person, mm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're at a party, are you taking all the selfies? Are you uh, videoing the whole thing? If you're at a game or a concert, mm-hmm. or are you enjoying it? I remember <laughs> the first concert I went to some years ago, I won't yeah. date myself. Yeah, okay, okay. I didn't have social media or right. record it with a self. I had a flip yeah. phone, right? Yeah, right. I was at, so recreating that moment and sharing that story, it's in my head. Mm-hmm. It's in my heart, mm-hmm. you know, so it, it's funny. It, no, back know. in the, back in the day, we used to, if we had a flip phone, we'd flip it up just so that the green LED on the <laughs> T9 would be like the, the, the lighter for the concert. You know, you got, yeah. people are waving those right now. People are watching the concert through their phone screen. Yeah. Yeah. Which, okay. That's the experience you want to have. Go for it. Um, and we love technology. We do. We do. Yeah. Right? I mean, and you and I both do for sure. But yeah. Yeah, there's something about that. It's funny we have to talk about being in person with people now because, yeah. again, we've been doing this for thousands of years. Thousands, yeah. Um, but we're not doing it as much as we used to. So yeah. you think we have to be more intentional about it, like you said, with your kids, the power's out. Hey, we're automatically going to have more FaceTime. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so, like, you know, I'm getting – am I the interviewer or the interviewee? <laughs> we can do it either way. <laughs> okay, so here's something that – and this might be a good, a good point to kind of wrap up with. Um, you talk about relationships, yeah. right? I think there are three types that we all need. Mm-hmm. We have to find purpose in people. Yeah. I keep going back to the people thing, yeah. but from the human context, from the human experience, yeah. right? We need people. And I think one thing that the pandemic, you know, unfortunately did was it isolated us. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think more than any, any, any time in history, we need that connection with people. And so mm-hmm. we have what you call up relationships. Okay. And so that is a relationship with someone that's been where you're trying to go. Yeah. Kind of a mentor. Kind of a mentor. Yeah. Someone that can help and share wisdom with you. So mm-hmm. that's what we would call an up relationship. You also need down relationships. Mm. You know, that's, uh, those are people that you can pour into and mm-hmm. share your experiences with and yeah. they can, you can mentor them and, mm-hmm. you know, show them some things that you've gone through and help them along the way. 
but you also need horizontal relationships, okay, yeah. people that are right where you're at, yeah. you know, your colleagues, yeah. you're in the same kind of boat, yeah, same yeah, experiences, yeah, yeah. things yeah. of that nature. You need the, you need all three of those relationships yeah. and there's so much purpose that are in people mm-hmm. and all those different relationships that mm-hmm. will feed us mm-hmm. and help us to remain well, mm-hmm. uh, to uh, continue to pursue mm-hmm. our dreams, our mm-hmm. goals, and all those sorts of things, and we can be holistic and fully have the human experience. Mm-hmm. I think that's so needed today, for sure. Yeah, to have that, it's kind of like how wisdom traditions get handed on. It gets handed down to you, and then you hand it on down to somebody else. That's and right. while you have it, you're working with it. You and I, we're doing this right now. We're trying to figure it out in the yeah. middle of it. So we're next to each other. We have a horizontal relationship. Yep. And there's been times when we've led each other in different areas, that's for right. sure, too. But I know you and I both have had mentors in life and do still and have mentees. Yeah. And we feel that responsibility to like, you know, help usher in the next generation and learn from our life experience. But we're trying to learn, too, from the generation ahead of us or whatever it is. Absolutely. And so how do you find those people? If you're if you're a college student, you're like, man, I'd love to have a mentor. And you might think you naturally go to your parents, but that's not a great spot for everybody to be able to go to. No. Where can they go find mentors? No. Well, (laughs) you know, you have to be a little vulnerable. Okay. Right. Willing to, uh, you gotta, you gotta be fast. You gotta, you gotta be what we would term faithful, accountable, servant minded and teachable. Mm -hmm. Right. And Mm -hmm. so first, before Mm -hmm. you even gather a mentor, you gotta be willing to be mentored. You gotta be, when the student is ready, the master will present (laughs) herself. There you go. (laughs) I don't know where that's from, but it's somewhere. It's from somewhere. Somewhere, Right. And so you, you you know, you have, you have persons that are are within your education community. Uh, You have them in the faith community. You have them in different organizations, sports sports community. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's certainly, you know, something that if you're, if you're desiring it, I think it'll find you, Yeah. you know? And so I I say that we all need that. And you, and you have it in in a natural sense um, from, you know, your working environment, you yeah. know, a supervisor, you That's know, true. and even t- even when they're not officially your yeah. mentor, yeah. you're learning yeah. from people. And so you have kind of unofficial ways of doing that and more, you know, structured uh, official capacities mm-hmm. of, of mentorship. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. I, and I think you can find that. Yeah, I think this is really good advice, actually. And I, I've learned from it myself to have mentors in life. And I've, fortunately, I've had some that have been in my life now for 30 years. Yeah. Counselors who mentored me and still I can call them and say, I'm not sure what to do with this situation or their mm-hmm. issue. And they're like, me neither. I've been out of the business for 20 years now. <laughs> but um, it, it's it's good to formalize these things a little bit, too, and to be intentional about it. But I think your, your point about being teachable. Yeah. That adopting a like a, a stature, I'm trying to find the right word here, but like a position of mm-hmm. a willingness to learn, to be molded, shaped, because the other side of that is arrogance and pride, which is just like yeah. I'm good enough the way I'm the way I am. I don't need any instruction. Oh yeah, I just need to get what I need to get so I can move to the next thing. No, that's not. You're that's gonna not struggle. Quite, yeah, you're gonna struggle. That's not quite what it is. Yeah. Right. Um. And and it's not so much. Hey, would you be my mentor? Right. Hey, how'd you do that? Yeah. You know, I've been trying to figure, you know, yeah. I mean, the very subtle questions, yeah. you know, that you can, you know, kind of open up that engagement, mm-hmm. that conversation to, mm-hmm. to start gathering some of those uh, things that you need in order mm-hmm. to be successful. OK, we got a few minutes left. So I'm going to ask you one last thing about perseverance or motivation. Sure. Um, you've had challenges in life. I've had challenges in life. We mm-hmm. persevered. Um, how you know, what do you say to somebody who's down and is just like, I just don't want to get back in the ring right now. Or I'm just tired. You know, how do I persevere? What do you, what do you say to people? Cause I know you've mm. had people come to you and say like, I'm ready to throw the towel in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, first I always say, I hear you. Sometimes they know what it takes for them to get back up, Yeah. but they just want to be heard. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I always go into those types of conversations. Like, you know what? I hear you. I hear yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. You know? And if I feel that there's a kind of a, an open door for me to, to speak more mm-hmm. about my experiences, mm-hmm. then, then I share those. Mm-hmm. And then um, I try to reinforce after hearing them, uh, try to find out what's their why, mm. you know? Yeah. Say what, more about that. Would you like yeah, their why? Yeah. I think a, a why is a powerful thing. Why you do what you do, mm-hmm. you know? And that I think is the fuel that's needed mm. to push you forward. Mm-hmm. Right. For me right now, my why are my family, yeah. right? Yeah. My children, my wife, yeah. they're my why. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we didn't quite get to it, but, yeah. you know, what I see myself doing from now to the future, yeah. I'm trying to build legacy, Yeah. right? That's my why. I want, I want to help my children grow to be successful and to be contributors to society and mm-hmm. to, you know, uh, make a difference, mm-hmm. right? And so for somebody that's down and out, mm. 
I want to affirm them. Yeah. Let them know that they're special, that yep. they're unique, that yep. they have purpose and to let them know that they have a why. Mm-hmm. And if they don't know what it is right now, mm-hmm. try to help them discover it. Yeah. I, I think people need to be reminded of that why sometimes, right? Because yeah. we discover and sometimes it changes a bit. I don't know if mine's changed a lot in a, in a long time, actually. Mm-hmm. I think probably because I'm in my passion. I love what I'm doing and I know you're in the same place. Yeah. Um, and maybe it took a while to find that. But there are still times in my life now where I need to be reminded of it because work, we, we get overloaded sometimes. You yeah, know? Sure. And it tur- sometimes work turns into a job. I hate to say it. Oh, yeah. You're just like, man, I'm just running from one thing to the next right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. L- am I enjoying this? Not right now. No. <laughs> I'm busy. Nope. Um, and you know what? That's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we don't always enjoy, yeah. you know, what's going on in yeah. life and yeah. people need to have that, that humanity. Like, yeah. okay, you know what? I don't feel happy or, yeah. you know, I'm having yeah. a tough time. Yeah. Right. But that's why conversations are important. That's why things like this podcast are important yeah. is uh, reminding people of that. Why? Wow. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast today. Um, yeah. You know, thank you everyone for joining us in the headroom. Uh, thank Demarcus again for sharing your wisdom. I know you've given a lot of thought to these kinds of things, so I appreciate you coming and sharing them with everybody thank who's you. listening. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, man. And um, speaking of which, everyone who's listening, if you'd like some one-on-one help with your mental health, you can actually come. If you're an LCC student, you can get free personal counseling. And if you're currently enrolled, you can come on down and uh, learn more at lcc.edu slash counseling. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time in the This is LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Coming in April to Dart Auditorium, Lansing Community College presents My Emperor's New Clothes by Larry Shu. This musical play for children of all ages is adapted from the story by Hans Christian Andersen. Colorful, brightly comic, and a truly delightful treat. This lively theater piece is filled with funny lines, hummable songs, and fast-paced action. Performances April 5th through the 13th. For more information, visit lcc.edu slash showinfo. What is dedication? People ask, how your children learn how to ride a bike and you didn't? I just created an environment where they taught themselves and all I had to do was be there. That's dedication. Visit fatherhood.gov to hear more. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. LCC. Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Hey, 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 this is Lisa A., and you're listening to Who's That Star on LCC Connect at Lansing Community College. Who's That Star is a behind-the-scenes show where I sit down and talk with the employees at the college. This is an inside look at LCC, where you have a chance to learn about their passions, projects, and what inspires them both in their work and personal lives. I'm your host, Lisa Alexander. And I'm so excited to get a chance to talk to all the people who make LCC great. This show is for you to get to know the people that work at Lansing Community College a little bit more and see what makes them tick. Are you ready? Okay, let's find out who's that star. Today's star has worked at Lansing Community College for 20 years. Since March 2022, she has served as the Dean of the Health and Human Services Division, HHS. Prior to that, she held the role of Interim Dean, Associate Dean of HHS, Interim Associate Dean of HHS, Program Director of Dental Hygiene, and Dental Hygiene Adjunct Faculty to Adjunct Professor throughout those 20 years. This star has a Master's of Arts in Education and Structural Program from Central Michigan University, a Bachelor's of Art in Communication from Michigan State University, and an Associate's in Applied Science Dental Hygiene from Lansing Community College. Woohoo! She is a registered dental hygienist. Okay, people, are you ready to learn who today's star is? Drum roll, please. Today's star is Elizabeth Berger. Welcome, Elizabeth. We're so happy to finally get you on Who's That Star? Thank you, Lisa. I'm happy to be here, and I will have you call me Betsy. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. I didn't know that, but I wanted to make sure... 
I don't know how people want to be represented on the radio, but I did know you as Betsy, so thank you. So I won't mess it up. (laughs) So, Betsy, let's just jump in and get started. And I just wanted to know, are you from the Lansing area? I'm from Michigan, but not originally from the Lansing area. I've lived in a couple different cities. I was born in Jackson. Okay. Moved to Howell, moved up to Manistee, Michigan. Oh. And uh, when I was about 10 years old, my parents moved to Owasso. And, but currently, I do live in Lansing. I've been here ever since going to Michigan State. Oh, wow. But kind of lived in different parts of the yeah, state. Yeah, you've been in the state. You stayed in the state yes. pretty much, yep. but you've been around. Yep, Michigander. So that's all right. Well, my question, what got you in? interested in a dental hygiene? Actually, it was one of my good friends from high school. When we were in high school, um, she actually, before high school, she always knew that she just wanted to be a dental hygienist. And I always thought it was so odd that somebody at such a young age knew exactly what they wanted to do and pursued it. She went to LCC. I went to Michigan State. Um, We would carpool back together sometimes. And I just really was impressed by how much she loved what she was doing. Mm -hmm. I completed my degree at MSU and, and did a couple of odd jobs and thought, you know, I was always kind of taken in with what she was saying about dental hygiene. She was now working in that field for a couple of years. And mm-hmm. so I decided to pursue that career. So I noticed that you had worked as working at LCC, but you also was actively working as a dental hygienist. And, and this is something that I never understood. Like, is that is that a full-time job, like being a dental hygienist? Because it seems like the schedule is different than most traditional 40-hour weeks. Yep, it definitely can be. Um, it depends on the offices. I think a lot of people that I know work four full days a week, but the office hours do vary. Sometimes there's Saturdays, sometimes there's evenings. I worked part-time. It worked out good for me having a young family. Mm-hmm. Um, still was a very good income, you know, with having a young family as well. And then as I as my kids grew up, I would I picked up a job at another office. So I kind of varied between two offices, which I liked. You okay. didn't get caught up in the office politics because yeah. you, were, you were in between a couple of jobs. And you really can do what you want with the career. You can make it full-time. You can make it part-time. Like I said, the the, the pay rate is very good. So there's um, it's not like a part-time job where you're not bringing anything home because you're paying so much for daycare. Right. And oh, well. okay. So... It's very, it was very good and flexible, especially with the family. Yeah, I just, I was always curious about that. And then, like, when you go into that, do you think about how many miles you're going to be in? <laughs> you know, I get that question a lot, and people are like, I'll talk to people in surgery. I'm like, oh, I could never do that. They're like, you go into people's mouths, you know, right. and then you go on your lunch break and you come back and you go into people's mouths. You know, it's just something that never really bothered me. I, I actually spent most of my career working in a specialty office. So it's called periodontal office. Mm-hmm. So this is people who are literally, you know, losing bone, losing tissue oh, in their okay. mouth, have a lot of disease in their mouth. So sometimes you would you know, see some cases that were really bad, but on the flip side, knowing that they were there and that you were there to help them, Mm -hmm. you know, really made a big difference, especially what got people to that position. Right. Was it they didn't have insurance? Was it they had children and they had to put their needs first? You know, I always would tell my students when I taught and I lived by this philosophy, you don't you don't judge someone when they their mouth opens up. You know, you're happy that they're there and you're there now to help them. Yeah, and that's true because you don't really know what has went on. And then, like, I found, like, as I've gotten older, medications yes. mess with your mouth. You know what I'm saying? Like, your teeth and your health and stuff sure. like that. So, and then I have anxiety. And I found that having a good dental hygiene, like somebody who's comforting you in that chair is a major important job because that'll make me come back. You know what I'm saying? So like, I really appreciate that role, especially now as I've gotten older and I'm like, "Mm, I got to go get my teeth checked. I got to go do this. You know, having a good comforting person, you know, is really something that I appreciate. So 
I wanted you to tell me about your role as the Dean of Health and Human Services. So in one sentence, I, I, that was one of the questions we had talked about earlier. You know, in general, I oversee the operations of the division. That would be a one sentence answer. Mm-hmm. On a daily basis, what does it mean? It can mean anything from a lot of meetings. We do yes. have a lot of meetings, budget stuff, um, if there's any concerns with staff, any concerns with students, um, on the fun stuff, definitely going in and getting to see people in the classroom, getting to mingle with the colleagues, getting to go to all the graduation services and the recognition, you know, services and stuff. But there's a lot within the division, but there's also college-wide things as well because, you know, we are one LCC, so we, we all work together. So it's not just, um, HHS, it's how we fit in to the whole entire to the campus. Whole, to the whole unit of yep. the college. Okay. Now, HHS, you got a lot of programs we in do. HHS. And we talked about dental hygiene. What about, what's some other programs that you are over? Oh, now you're going to tax me here. We have um, a nursing program. Hmm. We have our surge tech and sterile processing program. Our EMS program, which is EMTs and paramedics. Okay. We have our community health services education, which is a lot of our certificate programs. So phlebotomy, mm-hmm. um, our certified nurse assistant, those type of programs fall under there. Child development is with us. Definitely dental hygiene, fitness and wellness, and massage. Oh, yeah. Um, I love, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a great clinic that to massage, go to, the yes. massage clinic. That's the best. Like, you don't try to get free massage, like, book me in for massages because I'm the dean. See, that's why they don't let me be the dean because that would be one of my perks. It is a, it is a great service. And, you know, it's a service that I think sometimes students and faculty don't always, and employees don't always know about. And um, I will put a plug in right now to reach out to the massage program. Best massage you'll have at a super cheap price. Oh, yeah, I know. And shh. Don't tell everybody because um, they fill up so you can wait around if you want to. But I just am impressed with our HHS division because we have top tier programs and we have to go through like different credentialing and different things like that. And it makes me proud because there's so many people that your division in particular, when you look at healthcare, they're great. Like we're the bomb. And so to be able to head something like that, you know, I, you couldn't tell me nothing. My chest would be sticking out all the time because it's great work and we've had great leadership. And so in the past and now currently, and so I just wanted to shout you out for that. Yeah. And we, and we're proud of our, you know, we're really proud of our students. It's health career programs are not easy programs to go through. They're, they're demanding programs. You're not just learning a new skill. In a lot of sense, you're learning a new language. Mm-hmm. You know, things are not called just the front or the back. They're the mesial or the distal. So not only are you learning new skills, but you're learning all the terminology that's associated with it. And we have a lot of students that have commitments outside of school. Right. And um, a lot of our programs are cohort programs. So you go through the program as it's laid out, you don't get to choose an evening class or a, a right. Saturday class or a morning class. The The program is completely laid out. And um, I always would tell students, when you get into those cohort programs, it's really like your full-time job now. Yeah. And, um, and so it usually takes a little bit of time for that to click and for people to realize how to balance life with school life. But, um, you know, they're very demanding. That's why it's like I said, going to those graduation painting ceremonies, I'm very proud of those students. They put a lot of time and effort and money into those programs. Yeah. They work hard. They do. They do work hard. And I just enjoy like what they bring to the campus. I know there's a program and I want to say it's either sterile tech or rad tech. One of them where they, they take the students and they walk them around and they're in their dress and then they come and advising and then they walk around advising yep. and like we get to see them and they look so professional. I don't, it's at the beginning of the semester when they do it, yep. but it's like, it always hypes me up when I see them. I'm like, yeah, they're about ready to go. And they look so proud of themselves. So. That, that is our surge tech program. Okay. And they're learning about aseptic fields, like what they can touch, what they can't touch, how they 
have to move around. So that's why they're kind of moving around okay. you and skirting around you. So it's fun when they come to the division office. We'll try to set up little distractions <laughs> or pop up from behind a door or something. And, Got um, you. It's very fun. And I do have to mention one more program. We okay, have talking trouble. So the imaging programs are also oh. under. So Rad Tech, um, our uh, sonography Free programs. Pro- yeah. So I wanted just to get Yeah, there. I'm sorry because <laughs> I got you. excited. No, no, yeah. that's okay. But see, that's right. You the dean, you got a Marlin. <laughs> that's right. So there's no favoritism. <laughs> right, for sure. Well, what's one of your career highlights, Betsy? You've been doing this for 20 years. What's something that just stands out for you? You know, I think one of my highlights was when I was program director for the dental hygiene program. Um, several of our programs in the health and human services division are accredited programs. Yes. So not only is our college accredited um, by the Higher Learning Commission, but individual programs have their own accreditation. And um, depending on the program, those cycles happen every three years, every five years, where your accrediting body comes to basically check you out, make Mm -hmm. sure you're doing everything you're supposed to. It takes about a year to get ready for those visits. Um, It's a lot of work to get ready for them. It's a team effort. It's not an individual effort by any means. And our last site visit that we had, we had, we passed with flying colors. We had no recommendations, which is the highest rating. you Right. And um, it, it was, it's, it's a big thing. It's a big deal to be able to get that all done and, and say that you passed with flying colors and we got a, you know, a stellar report. So for the team and you know my dental hygiene team for the HHS division, it, it yeah. was it was a big deal. We no, it, it is a big deal because that's the thing. Like a lot of people don't understand, and sometimes I think some of those commissions or whatever they want to give you a little ding. You know what I'm saying? And for you to get out of there with just stellar results, I think that's wonderful. But I mean, that's what I try to get people to understand about LCC and those programs at HHS. For the money that you're going to pay and the skills that you're going to learn, you can't beat it. And you're going to come out there as a professional who knows what they need to do in that career field, and you're going to be wanted. Yep. And and the, the study skills and the habits that our students learn also prepare them for for the job, but also prepare them to go on an education. Mm-hmm. Um, I I told my students all the time, of my three degrees, my associate, my best, my bachelor's, and my master's. My hardest one was my associate's degree mm-hmm. because of of the amount of time and work it took. To not that the other ones didn't take time and work, but when you're in a small cohort program and everybody knows you and they all want you to succeed, yes. you're responsible not just to yourself, but everyone else there who wants you to succeed. Yeah, so. it kind of puts like an ownership on you to to do your best, and and then and then you're not by yourself, right? Exactly. So you got other people for sure. Like, I'm always amazed. And so when I'm at the doctor's office, every time I go somewhere, which school did you go to? And then they'll say LCC, and then I'm like, well, you know I'm an advisor at LCC. And then everybody always has, like, just great things to say about the experience that they had. So it it makes me proud to work here, even though I don't do nothing over in your area, really. But it just makes me proud to work here. And I'm like, yeah. And Lisa, to your point, that's another thing that makes me really proud because we do hear back from people. We we hear someone said, "Oh, I my, you know, rad tech person today was an LCC graduate. My dental hygienist was a was an LCC graduate." And it's just we're all over in this community. I yeah, mean, we are all over. I would dare to say probably anybody who has any kind of medical treatment has probably had assistance or help from an LCC graduate. And it's, it's just wonderful to, to hear those stories or they'll say, Oh, so-and-so was my instructor. Yeah. So it's really exciting when you hear those stories too. Right. Yeah. I was going to ask you like, what do you like most about what you do here at LCC? You've, you know, done great things with programs. You're the Dean. Like, what do you like most about what do you do here or at the end of the tunnel, whatever? I would say the two things are definitely the people I work with. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have got stellar people over in the HHS division, staff, faculty. They, they go above and beyond to help the students, but they also go above and beyond to help each other. Mm -hmm. When something is a project's coming up or someone needs someone to cover for them, people just all pitch in 
and, and do what we need to do. You know, during COVID, we had to get back on campus. We can't do everything online. We can't draw blood <laughs> online. We have to be face-to-face. And so, you know, we had to come up and, and really um, our facilities director at the time, Mary Crows, did a ton of work to get our safety plans ready. But it was a team effort to get those safety plans ready so we could show how we could be back on campus and we could, could keep everybody safe because we didn't want to have that big pause in everyone's education. Right. So, this is one example of everybody came together to do what we had to do for each other, but also to help the students succeed. The second part is the students. You know, yeah. it is, like I said, those programs are hard programs. They're demanding programs. And so when you see those students who don't want to say anything and they're just kind of in the back of the room to all of a sudden they're with a patient and they're asking questions and their confidence goes up. And then you see them at graduation or those pinning ceremonies and it's just such a proud thing to see them accomplish their, their goals. Yeah. that that probably would be something that's really, you know, you would enjoy cause you get to see them at the beginning and then when they graduate and then just how excited they are. And then, you know, like we don't really do a lot in it that students has to do the work. Right. Mm-hmm, yep. But we provide them, you know, we're their cheerleaders and give them guidance and things like that. And so it is so exciting at graduation time it to is. see them make it. And you're just like, yeah. One of, it, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. One of my favorite things to do when I was teaching in a dental hygiene program, I, I taught um, their head and neck anatomy class. So I was their first instructor for their first day of class. Oh, wow. And so you know, you've got to see students just, what am I doing here? You know, wide-eyed, like, what am I doing? And then I also, at the end of their two years, I taught a board review class for them. So I could see this whole spectrum of when they were like, I don't know what I'm doing to now taking all this knowledge right. for the licensing boards. And I would always make sure I took one day in the late spring, right before they're graduating, and I'd walk through the clinic, which we do have a dental hygiene clinic. Oh, yes. People we, can come yes. to. Um, but I would walk through the clinic and I would just walk and look. I wasn't teaching. I would just walk in because I just wanted to see that interaction and their confidence that they had. 12 months earlier, they weren't sure if they could hold a dental instrument in their hand. And here they are treatment planning and, and making difference in, in their patients' lives. And I always would make sure I made time for that every spring just to do a walkthrough and yes. really just look at the students and, and just see how far they've come. Right. That would make you feel like a proud mama. It you is, know, like, I'm so proud of you guys. Well, I know you love work and you do a wonderful job here, but what's life like for you outside of working at LCC? Oh, life outside LCC. You know, probably my biggest thing is family. Okay. I, you know, family's number one for me, be it with my, with my kids and my, my husband, with my extended family, we're pretty competitive. We love sports. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, we, we do love sports, but, uh, you know, sp- spending time with them now that I have adult children, the, the more I can spend time with them, the better mm-hmm. they, they have busy lives and everything, but, um, definitely family and then other hobbies I, I love to garden outside love, love to do outdoor activities hiking when when we can do hiking and stuff okay. like that so yeah that's wonderful so kind of going on to that what's your favorite way to unwind well I would definitely say after a long day it's I want to come home. I don't want anyone talking to me. Right. <laughs> um, you know, probably after a difficult day, it's just to come home, relax, maybe put something on the TV if I'm watching a Netflix series or something like that. If it's on the weekend, time with family and friends, mm-hmm. doing doing things with them is definitely. See, people don't understand, like, when you work with a lot of people or and, and when you got to go to a whole bunch of meetings and they're long and not that they're not important, but sometimes, you know, they can just be tedious. And when you come home, your family wants time with you, too. And you're like, look, dude, or <laughs> look, whoever, I don't want to talk and I need that space. And so I definitely understand that. And it's funny. And it's like I I think only people who have those type of jobs where you talk all day for yeah. a living to understand that peace of quiet. Yeah. So do you live by any piece of advice or a motto? Well, I, I have a couple. I, I think one is you're not going to please everybody all the time. I think and that kind of comes to being true to yourself. 
And also my husband had one that he said to me for quite a while. <laughs> um, he said, worry is the interest you pay on a debt that hasn't come due yet. Oh, okay. I like that. Yep. So I will say, well, what about this? And what if this? And what if that? And he's like, you're coming up with all these scenarios and nothing's even happened yet. Right. And stuff, you know? Yeah. I like to think I'm trying to be proactive about what might happen. But no, I get it. But, but it, it can get on you, you know, if, it, if you don't, if you're you're trying to kind of control things that you have no control. Exactly. Over. No. And I get that, too. I'm yep. similar to that. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite season and why? Oh, fall. This time of year. Love it. I Football, if... College football is my favorite sport, and so when you start to get, you know, that smell in the air mm-hmm. and the leaves are starting to change, and it just, I I just love the fall. I love everything that comes with fall. Again, love the college football. Yeah. Usually Saturday is my day to, my day and my family's day to put on our football teams and Are you guys everybody. all in accord with your teams or are their house divided or? You know, we are all aligned. I will have to say I kind of jumped on the Colorado bandwagon. Me too, me <laughs> too. That's okay, that's okay. I, I will admit that I'm a bandwagon Me too, fan. I am. Um, I am a Spartan through and through, no matter uh, okay. what the season looks like, I will still support my Spartans. That's right. Um, but we actually, it's it's funny, our family, we have two family texts we have one with my husband and my two boys Mm -hmm. and that's where all the sports talk starts or happens the other one is those four people and then my two daughter-in-laws because they're like keep us out of the sports right so (laughs) if if there's a game going on we're watching the lions we know which one to be making all the comments on so cool yeah it sounds like you get to spend time with your family and enjoy that time and sports does good, bad or ugly, whether I like the sport or not, it brings people together and you can have fun. And I love fall too. So that's great. I mean, it doesn't seem like we've been talking as long as we have, but I wanted to ask you for my last question. Like, what do you see yourself in the next five years? What are you doing? What's going on with you? One year away from retirement (laughs) in five years. No. No. Um, I definitely still see myself at LCC. I love working here. The the people I work with are supportive. I would not be where I am today if I didn't have the support from faculty when I was a student to colleagues as I went through different departments. I've always had wonderful support from my supervisors, and Sally Welch is my current supervisor. Mm -hmm. We have some... Big things coming up in HHS as far as just space-wise and things that we're expanding. So, um, but I do hope in about six years that I will be looking at the retirement. (laughs) Okay. I don't even see that yet. So (laughs) that's a little hater side, but I'm I'm happy for you. You've done a lot, but you look too young to retire. I'm just throwing that out there. So it's those genes for my mom. Everyone says that I am older than I, than I look. look, Yeah. Your mama gave you some good genes. Well, Betsy, I want to just say it's been a pleasure having you on the show today. And I thank you for coming. Well, thank you for having me. It's been fun to be here today. All right. And audience, I want to thank you for listening. And until next time, you've been listening to Who's That Star? I'm Lisa A. And you can listen to this episode of Who's That Star and other shows from LCC Connect anytime online at lccconnect.org. Thank you for listening. Catch me next time to find out Who's That Star? This has been a presentation of LCC Connect, a weekly program that features the voices, vibes, and vision of Lansing Community College. All shows featured on LCC Connect are recorded at the WLNZ studio located on LCC's downtown campus. Each program is podcast-based and can be heard anytime at lccconnect.org. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on one of our shows, connect with us by emailing lcc-connect at lcc.edu.